One, two, three. Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. It's your host, Scott Needham. I've been selling on Amazon for about 11 years. I've seen seven, eight figures of revenue. And the goal of this podcast, like all, is to help you become a better Amazon seller and give you a few ideas that you can apply to your own business. And I know this one's going to deliver a punch. It's something like the moment I saw this email, I was like, let's get them on. And here we have them two days later. So Michael Kaufman's been selling e-commerce for quite some time, but has an Amazon brand for nine years. And he does one thing that I've seen a little bit here and there, but I think it's a brand identity. And we're going to talk about like a lifetime warranty and the different lifts it can bring your brand. Michael, thank you for your time. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks a bunch, Scott. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. So you have a brand of pool supplies and it's very clear if you jump into the brand store, you jump into the products, you're shouting from the rooftops, lifetime warranty. Tell me a little bit like back when you started selling on Amazon and kind of what led you down this path. Sure. I've been selling online for a long time, about 30 years, actually. I was selling for another company for quite a number of years and got a little nervous about the direction they were going. So I started dabbling in a whole bunch of other things online, ran across the Amazon thing. That was when amazing selling machine came along and they had their webinars and whatnot. So, you know, I watched the free webinars. They gave their pitch. I said, I've been online long enough. I think maybe you gave me enough. And so I just started looking for a product, looking for something to sell. Ran across pool nets, didn't know anything about pools. I owned a pool for a short period and was not very good at maintaining it. So, <laughs> so it was kind of a, an interesting category for me to enter. But, you know, it seemed like an opportunity there, you know, looking back on it. All right. I guess you started your pool supplies business. Was it tough? What? Tell me about starting. You know, the funny thing is, honestly, back then, I mean, it was pretty wild west. I mean, I mean, you know kind of how the trajectory on Amazon has been, you know, back then, you know, if you even knew a little bit, you know, about selling online or e-commerce, you know, you could do pretty well on Amazon because most of the people that were selling there didn't know anything. So literally I bought a case of pool nets and had them shipped to my house because I wanted to check the quality. They looked all right. So I shipped them into Amazon and about a week later they were gone. So I thought, well, that was pretty dang easy, you know? So I bought four cases and had those shipped over and checked those out and I shipped those in and two weeks later, those were gone. So I thought, well, maybe I'm onto something here. So, you know, I just kept having them shipped to my house. You know, honestly, we got to the point, it was kind of funny, a little bit tangential, but it is a funny story is that I got to know the UPS guy pretty good, of course, obviously, because he was showing up at my house all the time, you know, after a while. And he'd show up with 20, 30 cases in his vehicle and he'd have to unload them all and then, of course, then I'd have to check all the quality and then I'd relabel them and take them down to the UPS store myself and ship them out. And I thought, well, geez, I'm pretty comfortable with the quality at this point. Maybe I don't want to do that. So one day he came to the house and I was like, dude, I know you're not supposed to do this, but can I just like step on the truck and just slap my labels on over the old UPS labels and you can just scan them and be on your way and then you don't have to unload and I don't have to reload. And he was like, that would be awesome. So I just stepped on the UPS truck and slapped all my labels on and he was on his way. You were shipping from the manufacturer to your own house, but like you already had like, okay. Yeah. And then they, they'd go into FBA, you know, and of course that was the point in which, which my wife was like, you really need to stop shipping to the house. So then, you know, we started shipping direct to the FBA warehouses, but. Okay. Well, the lifetime warranty, where did you get that idea and how did that evolve? I think ultimately it just came down to like, in this category, even back then, and it's even worse now to be perfectly frank, but in that category, it was such a 
disposable type market, you know, like everything that was being, I shouldn't say everything, there were some decent products, but most of what was being sold and especially on Amazon was all very disposable. There wasn't any warranty, there wasn't anything. And to be quite frank, it was just the most obvious thing to me that I could do to add some value, you know, to what I was offering. Because at the time I was literally selling the very same product that this manufacturer was producing for other people. Not very many of them were selling on Amazon, so I wasn't competing against the same product on Amazon. It was a pretty decent quality product, so I thought, let's just see what happens. You know, let's throw up the lifetime warranty and see how it goes. I priced fairly high compared to the rest of the market because of it. And it was a little bit difficult in the beginning because, you know, you don't have the review profile, so you don't have the credibility behind the warranty. So that was a little tough. But, uh, you know, over the years, our review profile is just so amazing. Are you feeling like the, the product review profile or the seller review? Yeah, well, both. I mean, both our profiles are terrific, but I was mainly referring to the product profile. Yeah, the product reviews. So this was my take. I've mentioned this to Michael. Is like when I jumped onto your uh, brand store or anywhere you talk about the lifetime warranty, it was one of the few times being on Amazon, like I feel like I'm actually like there's a brand voice that's real here. When you're able to talk about a lifetime warranty, the claims you make start to like resonate. You know, like if you say your product is a high quality and then you have a guarantee right next to it, I believe you. I don't know. It, it just feels more like I just found a brand that's worth remembering as opposed to like the disposable brands of which, you know, there's thousands and thousands on Amazon. And what I've actually just started to see just this last year is this lifetime warranty. I've seen it more on product images and you do a pretty good job of it, of, of including like the lifetime warranty on images, even on some hero images, like the primary image. You say it's still, even though when you had the lifetime warranty, it took a little bit to take off, but what was year two like? Year three, like were you starting to have to fulfill on this promise? Of course, as with any product, you're gonna have to fulfill on it immediately, realistically, because there will be some customers, you know, something happens, you know, or it's defective on arrival, you know, or whatever. So you're fulfilling on it on day one, but the general lifespan of the product is roughly two to three years. Some customers will get four or five years out of it. We've had some customers came back to us after eight years and finally we're filing their first warranty claim. But it's about a two to three year product for most customers. And we were fulfilling on that early on in small numbers, you know, for defective things. But really, it started to pick up probably after that third year was when we really started to gain. And truthfully, that's when we really started to gain the most traction also, because what's interesting is I discovered early on that because I was so liberal with the warranty. So in other words, it's one thing to say you have a lifetime warranty. It's another thing to make the process for the customer extremely easy so that they don't feel like they're having to jump through hoops to get it. Because let's face it, there are other companies out there that will say they have a lifetime warranty, but there's all sorts of caveats and you know you gotta pay shipping to send it back and prove that it broke and what happened. I don't do any of that. You know, There's no questions, I don't ask them anything except where do I ship the replacement? And so that's when we started to gain traction was because what I realized was every single one of those claims that came in was an opportunity for a glowing five-star review. Because when you do that, you know, and customers are not used to that, of course. And you just ask them, the only question you ask is, where do I ship the replacement? And two days later, it shows up on their doorstep. They are going to leave a five-star review, especially if you ask. So that's when our review profile really started to pick up. 
And I think that's the point at which the warranty became credible because then we were having large numbers of customers that were leaving these five-star reviews saying, no, it's the real deal. Yeah. And I guess would some of these people see, I'm the type of customer that like, even if there's a lifetime warranty, I'll like that. If mine breaks, I'm just as likely just to buy the product again because like, I don't want to go through any sort of hassle. I mean, it depends on the price of the product, you know, but you know, if you make that dead simple, okay, I'll take you up on it. But then I'll probably, I don't know, there's something about karma that still like resonates. I would look at your other products and be like, well, this is my brand. You know, this is like, I'm just going to be a pro tough buyer. And most of our customers are. It's very common for us to receive emails from people that just basically say, what else do you sell? I want to buy it when we make it that easy. And so it does create a situation where Product launches are much easier, you know, because we're building a list, of course, you know, obviously we're encouraging people to register their warranties. So we've got a 30,000 person subscriber list. And so when it comes time to launch a product, it's a very organic process for us because we get to be launching from the beginning, you know, with the product research and development phase, because, you know, when we know a product that we think we might want to move on, we get to talk to our customer list and say, hey, is this a product you'd like to see? If so... What features do you want? What are the things that you hate about what's on the market? What would you love to see? We get to use them as beta testers. We get to keep conversing with them about how the beta testing is going, what we're changing, what we're upgrading. So by the time the product launch comes, our list feels like it's their product. So we don't really have to discount much at launch. We don't have to do a lot of crazy things that a lot of sellers do to make a good launch. We just basically tell the list, hey, it's ready go buy it. I love that. So I imagine you start getting some branded traffic, then you just start to get visibility outside of it. So do you have any numbers on like, does this lift conversion percentage? How do you feel about marketing with this promise versus if you didn't have this promise? I think a couple of things. I've done a few talks on this. And one of the things that, you know, has become a realization for me is that one, I actually almost feel like our guarantee is almost too strong. Now, of course, it is who we are right now, so it's, it's what it is. But I feel like the unlimited free replacement forever, which is essentially what our warranty is, not just one time, it's, it's for life, as many times as you need a replacement, we'll replace it. And so it sounds very unbelievable, right? And to a lot of customers, it is, you know, and I actually feel like there's probably a fair number of people who intentionally don't buy our product because they don't believe it. Like it's too, it's too good to be true. So I tell people, if I was to do it over again, I would make my warranty extreme, but believable, you know? So if everybody in my category is doing three years, maybe I do 10 years or maybe I do 12 years, you know, something, but I don't make it infinite, right? Because it's still extreme enough that you can charge a pretty premium price over everybody else but it's also believable enough that I think a larger percentage of individuals will actually take you up on it. Yeah. I believe a 10-year warranty, partly because it's specific. People always believe something that like, you know, if you said seven years, and we're like, I guess he's serious about seven years. I've got a question. Tell me about putting the warranty on the, uh, the primary image. Is that something you've always done? I see a lot of conversation about it right now. Yeah. We pretty much always have. I would say difficult for me to remember if I was putting it in the main image in the early days, but for as long as I can remember, we've been putting that into the main image. We have had to make adjustments from time to time. Occasionally the algorithm, you know, will suspend the listing. We've got to make an adjustment and find a different way to get that into the listing. Usually what I see is people put it on top of the product, on the packaging or something so that it can get past Amazon's checks. But 
some of them are like really, really stand out. One of the things that you can do, this is a suggestion that I would make if anybody was wanting to do this, is that when you're doing your images, obviously Amazon does use on-image text for relevancy. Like it's now paying attention to that, you know, in terms of the algorithm. So keywords and stuff are important in that image, but like lifetime warranty, that's not a relevancy key phrase. So what you can do is, if you make it large enough, depending on your product, you know, you're using it packaging or whatever it is that you're doing. If you make it large enough that it's obvious, but then you cover a portion of it with your product image or something, then the algorithm isn't as likely to pick it up because like maybe the F and the Y, you know, and lifetime warranty are both covered. So the algorithm doesn't see it, but the human brain obviously knows exactly what it says. And so you can get that message across and not trick the algorithm. Interesting. There's a trick. Okay. Now, what people don't realize, I think you've kind of hinted at this, is the power is also in the lifetime value of these customers in like a post-purchase experience and, you know, getting their emails to a point that now you have a list of 30,000. Isn't something that a lot of Amazon sellers, I hear people talk about it. I don't hear success on that very often. When you start that registration process? Here's something that a lot of sellers have tried. And I think this is one of the reasons why they feel like the post-purchase process and the list building process is, can't be done, let's say. A number of the sellers that I've talked to, you know, when they see we've been doing this, they'll be like, yeah, we tried that, but it didn't work. And I say, well, what would you do? Almost always it's the same story. They'll say, well, we included an insert in there. You know, it was a you know, 20% or 30% discount on their next purchase. And you know, we got a 2% response rate you know, or whatever it was. So the next thing I say to them is, well, okay, but you're trying to get somebody to register with you as a new to brand buyer. So they don't know you, they don't know the product. Once they, when they receive it, they have no idea if they like it or not. And you're offering them a discount on a product that they don't even know if they like. So what happens to it? They throw it away because they don't even know if I need the discount. By the time they do know they need the discount, they've lost the insert. So now you lost the opportunity. So with the lifetime warranty, the one thing is if you can make it credible enough and people actually believe it and your product is priced high enough that it matters to them that they get the lifetime warranty, they're going to register. I would say our registration rate right now is about 30%. 25 to 30% range is how many we get registered and we're still split testing our inserts. But one thing that we do, and if you can do this with your product, I would recommend it, is to make it something they have to interact with. So in other words, for instance, like on our pool pole, there's a couple of holes in the end and those holes in the end are used to attach a tool. So those holes have to be open, like there can't be anything in them. So we put a hang tag through those holes and so they have to interact with the hang tag in order to be able to use the pole. They have to take it off. So the hang tag then has one message on one side and another message on the other side and two separate QR codes. So we can track which of them gets scanned most. And then whichever one that is, that's the new control. And then we make a new version on the other side and we just keep doing that. So I actually think there's quite a few products out there that might even get better registration rates than we do, but it's where we are. Yeah. I think it always comes down to like, I think you did something very smart. You really have to sit in the mind of the customer and actually be a customer for a second. I don't fill out warranty stuff. You know, I could buy a $500 piece of electronics. Like I don't care. I don't want to jump onto a website. That's just like not my deal. But like if there's an immediate benefit, I will. 
Like if I buy something that improves my experience of the product, like, okay, I'll register. Like you're helping me right now. And maybe like it's an installation video or like would say one out of five Amazon products. I actually go back onto YouTube and like, okay, now how do I use this? Because I'm not going to give my email for the promise of a future product. It's really, it's like you said, I mean, it's a matter of getting yourself into the mind of the customer because the question is, okay, when I open this box or this package, whatever it is, and I'm the customer, what am I thinking in that moment? You know, like, am I thinking, how do I use this? Am I thinking, how could I make it better with some other add-on product? Am I thinking, you know, like there's a dozen different ways that you could potentially get that person's email and communicate with them. One of the nice things about a warranty is, and this is an interesting piece of this. So when we get our registrations, most sellers that are doing this, when I say this, I don't necessarily mean a warranty. I just mean a post-purchase type process and getting registrations. They're collecting emails for one reason or another. What we actually discovered was with the warranty registration, 95% of the individuals that register with us give us not only their email and name, but they give us their full mailing address. So we can use that for postcard mailings all day long, anytime we want. Like they just give it to us. We don't even require it. Like in the registration, the only thing required is name and email and the Amazon order ID. But almost everybody who registers gives us their physical address as well, which most sellers are not getting. Interesting. And have you set mailers? You know, quite frankly, we haven't yet. It's like we have them and, you know, I've considered using them. It's one of those things, right? I mean, like every seller, you know, like you got these aspects of your business, you know, you should be taken advantage of, but you're not. I've sent out mailers. So I sell a service to Amazon sellers. I've been a seller for 10 years, but like I built this smart scout tool and I've sent out mailers to like, you know, 5,000 sellers a few different times. And it's always funny the reactions you get. It's a different type of, I mean, at least for us, we feel like we catch people off guard. Maybe they don't convert, but like they'll pay attention. We know like they're in the space so we can like communicate to them. Like for example, for you, you know, those people have a pool, so you can connect with them on their pool. Do you use this email list? Just like, do you send like just generic emails or you mentioned launching new products, but do you keep it warm? Yeah, we have an automated email sequence that goes out once a week after they register, goes for like three months. We also then have periodic emails that we're sending out with either, you know, promotional stuff, you know, whether it be holiday stuff or different promotions that we're running. We're now running emails that push people toward our social media. There's some initiatives that we're working on right now to increase our brand exposure and our brand search on Google and Amazon. We've got some things that we're doing there, you know, so it's just a resource. You know, I mean, it's just an opportunity. There's so many different ways that you can use it. And I would say that most businesses don't use it as much as they could. I mean, we were included in that, but also if I didn't have it, you know, my business wouldn't be anywhere near where it is. So you're still using it though. All right. Well, so I think this is interesting. I think there's more to learn. I think some brands, private label sellers, small sellers, like you can start today, implement this process and it actually will have a different, I think you'll actually think about your brand differently. If you're giving a lifetime warranty, you're almost committing. And you're thinking about your target customer. So you've been doing this for a while. And I've learned that like, you know, you said that you have a mastermind, you help other sellers with this as well. 
Yeah, I've been doing free consulting for a while, which is fun. You know, it's enjoyable, but I mean, I have information that people want. So at some point you decide to monetize that, I guess. So actually I've gotten together with a couple of other guys. Brandfortresshq.com is our new mentoring program. And then Brand Fortress HQ podcast is connected to that. We just launched yesterday. So, oh, cool. Well, it looks like you just gave everyone about 20 minutes of free consulting right now. So, you're well on your way to becoming the best free consultant on Amazon. Well, I would say if anybody is interested in that post purchase process, we do offer on that website, we do offer a free blueprint that would get you started down that road in terms of how you might accomplish that, different ways that you could implement that. That's free information. No, I love that. I've got a private label brand and like there's a few products like we should be doing this. We should be uh, really pushing, honoring a lifetime warranty because it will change. Like it'll be a differentiator in our categories. Well, hey, Michael, thank you for coming on, talking and sharing some of your experience. First person that really has made us a brand identity that I've ever talked to. And clearly it's bringing you a lot of value. Give us the URL one more time, Fortress Brands HQ brandfortresshq.com. Okay, there we go. Well, Michael, thank you for coming on. Thank you much. I appreciate you having me, Scott. Thanks everyone for listening. That's it for this week's episode and that's the pod. One, two, three.